Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so, so honored that you've decided to listen. This Sunday, we celebrated the legacy of Pentecost with some amazing people. We'd like to thank Sister Janetta Orange, Brother Wendell, and Sister Linda Elms, Brother Bobby, and Sister Glenda Stanley. We were so honored to have them. We had such an amazing time in the Holy Ghost. We'd like to share a message that Brother Bobby Stanley spoke this Sunday. It's called God's Divine Law of Attraction. It was so encouraging. We hope you enjoy. I feel like we need to go to the Word of the Lord. How many, how many wants to hear from God today? You want to hear from the Lord? Amen. This is your evangelistic service, and I'm just going to rear back and preach evangelistic. Is that all right? Amen. And uh, I love what I feel in the Holy Ghost. And uh, Brother Mike Laughlin, can I take my coat off? All right. You find out that I'm a little old school, I take my coat off. I can't work it with a coat on. I feel bound. Amen. And uh, I had a young preacher tell me one time, said, that's old school. I said, yes, sir, and you better not forget it. That's why you're where you are today is because of us old school. Let's don't forget our legacy. Let's don't forget our heritage. Let's don't forget what got us here. Amen. I don't want to forget what got me here. That's right. Amen. My dad preached this gospel. I'm a third-generational Pentecostal. And I have two uh, Stanley family. There's three boys, all three of us as ministers. We all preach the gospel. My old dad was a pioneer preacher. He preached many, many years. In fact, he preached up to the very time he passed away. He passed away right at 95 years, ago, years old. He preached three weeks before he passed away. Amen. So uh, maybe I've got a little time left on this earth to preach some more. My dad said, son, you never retire from preaching. He said, the only time that I retire from preaching is when the devil retires. Now, if Satan retires, you can retire. Amen. But you don't ever retire from preaching. I thank God for our heritage. I thank God what brought us here. Amen. I thank God for old-fashioned Pentecost. I thank God for old-fashioned praise and old-fashioned worship where the saints of God still run the aisles and they still dance in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, that's what got us here. Let's don't get away from passionate worship. That's right. In fact, let me leave this one story with you. I was preaching revival many years ago as a young evangelist in Bay City, Texas for Brother R.E. Johnson. 
And he told me, he said, Brother Stanley, there's a speaker that I want to go here speak. And uh, it's a Dr. Goff from the United Methodist Church. They're having a convention here, and I, I like to hear him speak. I said, I'd love to go with you. And I sat there and listened to that man as he began to speak to the congregation that day. And I never will forget what he said. He, sa he was looking at the pastors that were there. And he said, uh, pastors, we, we are losing more saints or more members. I think he used the word members. We're lo losing more members than what we are gaining. We're closing more churches than what we're starting. And he said, the reason for that, I believe with all of my heart, the reason for that is because we have taken emotionalism out of our services. He said, we're losing our young people because we're taking emotionalism out of our service. We become too dead, dry, and formal. I don't want to ever happen to Pentecost. I don't want that to ever happen to the church. That we become too dead, dry, and formal. It's always in order to run the aisles. It's always in order to shout in the spirit and the debts and the Holy Ghost and the apostolic church. Amen. Amen. We can't take emotionalism out of our services. We are emotional people. The only thing that's not emotional is a corpse. Amen. And brother, when emotionalism is taken out of our services, that church has become a corpse. Amen. Dead. Oh, but I'm glad that there's still... Apostolic Church in Euless, Texas. I'm glad there's still a church that believes in old-fashioned worship, shouting and run the aisles. Amen. Brother, these pioneers brought us to where we are today. My dad was a man of faith. In fact, I never even took an aspirin until after I got married. My dad trusted in God. Amen. After I married my wife, she gave me an aspirin. But... <laughs> but those old those old timers trusted God. They believed in the healing power of God. That's right. I have a scar right here on front of on the right side of my face. If you probably from out there you may not be able to see it, but right here in front of my right ear is a scar. I got a little sinking spot right there. When I was five years old, I had an abscess gland. That, uh, a swollen uh, gland that came out there like a, 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 a egg, a hen egg. It was that big. And uh, the doctor, my dad, did actually take me to a doctor to see what was going on. He wanted to know what was happening. And that doctor said that is an abscess gland, and if it bursts, it will be the, a running sore the rest of his life. My dad took me home. He said, we don't have to take that report from that doctor. He said, I'm going to pray for you, son, and God's going to heal you. And you don't have to live with that all your life. I don't care what the doctor's report says. You don't have to live with that with all your life. Sure enough, it wasn't, but 
that afternoon or that night that that thing did burst and every time I began to eat saliva would pour out of that place and run down the side of my face and and my dad said I'm going to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to believe God to heal you he went on a three day fast to begin to pray and seek God to touch and remove he said I curse that I curse that abscess I command it to go down in the name of Jesus Christ and as my dad was praying, that thing began to go down and begin to, to leave. And it, in my face, in a matter of a few hours, it was just as flat as it is right now. And, and that slava, that place where it was coming out, closed up. Amen. That's been, that's been almost 75 years ago. Amen. I've never had another problem with it. I'm telling you, he's still the healer. He, he's still the God that by my stripes you are healed. By my stripes you are healed. Amen. If you ask anything, my name believe in, you shall receive it. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. All I need is somebody to believe. All I need is somebody to have faith. Hallelujah. That's right. Those old timers trusted God. My dad was called to preach. And he was working on a job making $7 a week. And brother, that was good money way back then, $7 a week. And as he worked that job, the Lord told him, said, quit your job and go preach. Quit your job and go preach. And, and, and he argued with God, God, I can't quit my job. I can't, I, I can't make it without my $7 a week. Amen. God said, quit your job today. Go tell the boss right now. Amen. And, he, and God said, if you'll quit your job today, I'll, I'll provide for you. I'll supply your needs. He went and told his boss, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging up. I'm quitting. I'm leaving. And I, I'm not working another hour. That's right. And he started going walking home. Didn't you have a car? He walked home. As he was walking home, the Lord said, walk on the other side of the road. And, 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 and he said, God, I always walk home on this side of the road. God said, I want you to walk on the other side of the road. So he crossed the road. Amen. He started walking. He walked about a quarter of a mile. He came and he looked and there was a $1 bill laying there. He picked that dollar bill up. He took another step. There was another dollar bill. He picked that one up. He took the third step. There was another dollar bill. He picked that up. He took the fourth step and there was a $5 bill. He picked that up. He took that next step. There wasn't nothing there. But God gave him $8 to let him know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Amen. That's right. Hey, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am the Lord God, and I change not. I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was going to a revival one time. He had one nickel in his pocket. Him and mom was going to preach. He had one nickel and they hadn't had anything to eat. He said, I'm pulling into this store right here. I want you to go in there and buy us a peanut patty. How many remembers those peanut patties? Amen. It 
for one nickel you could buy a peanut patty. She went in there and bought a peanut patty, brought it back. They opened the package and there was two stuck together. <laughs> Brother, God will take care of you. I said the Lord will take care of you. Trust him. Depend upon him. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some needs in this house today. I said there's some needs, and I know we've been praying, and God's already met some needs here already in this service, but God's not through with this service today. Amen. I've learned a long time ago that the Lord's presence comes in waves. Amen. We've had the first wave. When Sister Orange was up there, the wave of God's glory came through this place. Amen. And then when Brother Sister Ams was here, the wave of God's glory or it came in another wave. Hallelujah. And now here comes a third wave. I said, here comes a third wave. Hallelujah. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, here comes the third wave of the power and the glory of the all. Oh, yes, that's what I'm talking about. In the name of Jesus, the way that God's going is upon your life now. In the Bahasai, in the in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be thou made My God, yeah. I'm telling you, God's wave is flowing through this place right now. You need a miracle, the miracle worker is here. The Holy Ghost baptizer is here. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can just reach out and right now the Lord can fill you with the Holy Ghost. You can begin to speak with tongues and the Spirit gives you the utterance. The deliverer is here. The healer is here. The Holy Ghost baptizer is here. He's walking down these aisles. He's moving between these chairs today. Hallelujah. And whatever you need, God's going to do it before we leave this place today. Do you hear me? Make up in your mind, I'm not leaving the same way I came in here. You may leave here empty, but you're gonna, you may come in empty, but you're gonna leave full. You may come in here sick, but you're gonna leave healed. You may come here needing a miracle, but the miracle worker is gonna minister a miracle in your life this afternoon. In Jesus' name. Oh, you may come in here bound, but the deliverer is gonna deliver you today. Hallelujah. I'm going to the book of Luke chapter 5 for just a few moments. There is a, something burning in me I want to share with you today. Thank God. Luke chapter 5, verse 27. And after these things, he went forth. He saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he said unto him, follow me. And he left all. Everybody say he left all. He rose up. He followed him, and Levi made him a great feast in his own house. 
There was a great company of publicans that sat down with him. And the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Jesus answered and said unto him, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about God's divine law of attraction. God's divine law of attraction. Everybody say that with me. God's divine law of attraction. Father, in Jesus' name, anoint the messenger as he preaches the anointed word. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. You may be seated. I'm, I'm not going to try to hold you very long right now because I feel like God's wanting to do something in the discourse of this message today. I want to ask the question right now, what gets God's attention? What is the thing that gets really God's attention today? What is the thing that attracts God? What is God looking for in this service today? What is God most interested in this afternoon at Calvary Church in Euless, Texas? I don't think we really know what really excites God. Some thinks praise and worship and coming to church excites God, and I will agree with you right there. I will not argue with you one bit. I believe that praise and worship attracts God. I believe praise and worship is something that God wants his people to do. Amen. I, I'm a firm believer that God is wanting us to understand that it's through praise and worship that you find his address. God, if you haven't felt anything this morning, this afternoon, it's because you haven't found his address. I want to tell you where God lives. God lives at the corner of Hallelujah Boulevard and Glory Avenue. Amen. I inhabit the praises of my people. I said, I inhabit, I reside, I live where my people will praise me and where my people worship me. That's where I live. Amen. I believe somebody has found his address today. Hallelujah. Somebody's knocking on his door. Oh, yes. Brother, but I believe also that there's something even greater that really attracts at attracts God. I believe that there's really something greater today that God is really excited about. And I'm calling it the, God's divine law of attraction. I think that God has given me the answer to what that attraction is through his holy word today. God's divine law of attraction. I'm going to tell you what it is right now. I'm not going to give you let you guess any longer or what you wonder what it is. I want to let this congregation know right now that God's divine law of attraction is needs, a need. If I could find somebody that needs me, if I could find somebody that wants me, if I could find somebody that's come to this house today needing a miracle, 
God is excited. If I can find somebody that needs healing today, I'm excited about that. Amen. Uh, if I can find somebody that needs the Holy Ghost today, God said, I'm excited about that. Amen. God's divine law of attraction is need. All you need is a need for God to show up. That's all you need is a need for God to show up. Amen. Brother, in my text today, he was attracted to the publicans and the sinners, the Pharisees and, the, and those religious people of Jesus' day. They said, why do you eat with publicans and sinners? Because Jesus said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I'm trying to find somebody that's sick. I'm trying to find somebody that needs a miracle. I'm trying to find somebody that needs healing. I'm trying to, oh, if I can find somebody. God says, does anybody need me? Does anybody need me today? Amen. God's looking for you. Hey, sinner, God's looking for you. Hey, sickness, God's looking for you. <laughs> He's trying to find somebody that he can help. That's right. Brother, he was attracted to publicans and sinners. Why? They have a need. They that are whole don't need me. Amen. I want to tell somebody here today, this is a perfect place for imperfect people. I want to say that again. This is a perfect place for imperfect people. Now notice, I didn't say this was a perfect church. No, 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 no. No such thing as a, I'm gonna go to a church that's perfect. Well, when you get there, it'll be imperfect. Amen. That's right. Because every one of us, every one of us, we're not perfect. We need him. We need him to help us. We need him to reach out to us. We need him to minister to us. The reason I'm here is because I've got flaws and I've got failures and I've got, that's why I'm here, God. I wouldn't need you if I didn't have flaws and failures and imperfections, but that's why I'm here, God. That's right. Brother, God is attracted in perfect place for imperfect people. Now, I'm a guest here, so I don't know who's members here, and I don't know who's not members. I don't know who's a guest here, and I don't know who's not a guest here. Okay? Amen. So I can say this right now. I drove up to a big church in Mississippi. I went to preach at this church. This church was, it hold about 1,500 people. They run about 1,000. It's one of our churches. I, wrote, I drove up there, Brother McLaughlin, and brother, in big boxcar letters, it leaped out to me as I pulled into the parking lot. It said, you belong here. And brother, that hit me. You belong here. Ladies and gentlemen, all of you guests here today, unless you're a member of another UPC church, amen, that's right. You belong here. I said, you belong here. 
God said, you belong here. Turn around to your neighbor and say, I belong here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I belong here. Oh, that's right. God's not drawn to gifted people. God's not drawn to complexes and buildings. That doesn't impress God. But what does impress God? If the media would help me with a scripture right now, I'm going to the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 3, 4, and 5. I want to show you what impresses God. Amen. I want you to go to Matthew 11, verses 3 through 5. Do y'all have that on the overhead? That's right. Brother, this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is in prison. Amen. John the Baptist is discouraged. John the Baptist is about to get his head chopped off. He'd been looking at the tropic sunshine. He'd been, and I want to tell you something. When you're going through a trial and a valley and a storm in your life, the devil will talk to you and make you feel like that God doesn't love you and God doesn't care. The devil will make you even doubt that God even exists. That's right. John the Baptist is no different than us. He was there in that prison, and he got to thinking, is he the one? Is this the one? Art thou he that should come, or do I need to look for another? Have you ever been there where you felt so down and so low and the night was so dark that you started questioning your experience with God and you started questioning whether God even loved you? I don't know whether you have, but I've been there. In the darkest of nights, the devil will talk to you. And Satan was talking to John the Baptist. And he said, he doesn't care. He doesn't love you. He's not even the Messiah. So what John does, he sends two of his disciples, asked him, art thou the one that should come, or do we look for another? I love what Jesus answered. Jesus answered and said to him, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. He didn't say, yeah, go tell him I'm the Messiah. No, he just said, go tell him what you're hearing. Go tell him what you're seeing. Amen. What's happening, Lord? Hey, you want to tell you what impresses God? This is what impresses God right here. I said, this is what God's looking for. A need impresses God. Everybody say, a need impresses God. This impresses God. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Amen. Brother, this is what impresses God. This is what God is still doing today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's still what he wants to do. He wants the blind to receive. He wants the lame walk. He wants the leopard clean, the deaf here, the dead raised, the poor have the gospel. Hey, that's what he's going to do. Everybody say a mission statement. Say a mission statement. If they can go to Luke chapter 4, I believe it was. Amen. I want to give you the, the Lord's mission statement. Every church has a mission statement. What is a mission statement? That's why you exist. That's why you're here. That's your purpose of being here. Hey, Calvary, do you all have a purpose of being here? 
do y'all have the reason why you exist? Amen. Why is this church here? You've got a mission statement. Amen. And brother, I'm telling you, this church is a lighthouse to this city. This is a saving place. This is a healing place. This is a place where people can be touched by the power of God. Amen. This is a tabernacle of praise and worship. That's right. Brother, I want you to see the mission statement that Jesus had. There was delivered him the book of the prophet. He says, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and to recover the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Ladies and gentlemen, if that was his mission statement over 2,000 years ago, I present to you today that is still his mission statement. Amen. That is still why he's here. I said that's still why he's here, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord God, and I change not. If that's why he came almost 2,000 years ago, that's why he's walking these aisles. That's why between these chairs right now. He's trying to find somebody that needs him. Somebody. Amen. He's trying to find someone that needs a miracle. Someone that's hurting. Someone that needs healing. He's looking for a dysfunctional family today. He's looking for somebody in a financial crisis. He's looking for the drug addict, the alcoholic. He's looking for somebody that needs deliverance. Who is it today that needs him? Is there somebody in the house today that needs him? God, what can we do to get you to show up today? And God says, bring me the hurting. Bring me the messed up. Bring me the dysfunctional. Bring me the sick, the trouble, the distress, the drug, the addict, the alcoholic. God says, if you fill my house with problems, I will fill my house with my presence. Did y'all hear what I said? Amen. If you fill my house with problems, it's like a magnetic force. I'm drawn to problems. I'm drawn to needs. I want somebody, I want to minister to somebody today. Can you shout amen? St. John chapter 4, and I'm trying to hurry. St. John chapter 4. And verse, I think verse 2 or 3, verse 3 and 4, yeah. St. John chapter 4, verse 3. I, wanna, I want you to leave it on verse 3 till I tell you to move to verse 4, okay? He left Judea. He departed again into Galilee. Now, all you Bible scholars, all you that's got the Thompson Chain reference Bibles with all the Holy Land maps in the back, you know, if you study the Holy Land, Galilee is in the north. Judea is in the south. But between Judea and Galilee is a little country called Samaria. You talking about races. You know, we heard so much about races. You talking about race. There was nobody any more racist than the old Jew was. Amen. Because they would have no dealings with the Samaritans. Brother, if an old Jew wanted to go from Galilee, 
or rather from Judea to Galilee or from Galilee to Judea, they would cross the other side of the Jordan River and walk out of their way, ladies and gentlemen, out of their way to go to the other side of the Jordan River and then cross back over into Galilee. They would not dare set a foot in Samaria. They hated the Samaritans. They considered them dogs and half-breeds and the dregs of society and were having nothing to do with the Samaritans. But Jesus decided he wanted to go from Judea to Galilee. The next verse, number four. Amen. Oh, oh. This, this Jesus that we love so much, he hasn't got a prejudice bone in his body. He's not racist. He doesn't care what color or creed you are. He doesn't care where you come from. He doesn't care what your pedigree is. He doesn't care, my friend, who your mom and daddy was. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. I gotta go through Samaria. I gotta go through Samaria. Why, Lord? I can see those old disciples as they looked, their eyes bulged. What did you say? I must needs go through Samaria. But Lord, we don't go through Samaria. We don't set our foot in Samaria. We don't go that way. Come on, let's cross the Jordan and go up the other side so we won't have to go through Samaria. Amen. Lord, why do you want to go through Samaria? And this is what I want to tell you. I must needs go through Samaria because there's a little woman at Sychar that needs me. There's a little woman at Sychar that needs me. She needs me. He, he said, I'll cross denominational barriers. I'll cross racial barriers. I'll cross prestigious barriers. It don't matter. Amen. I didn't come to save one race. I come to save the entire world. Amen. I come to seek and to save the lost. Ever who needs me. Ever who needs me. That's who I'm going to come to. I'm going to come to ever who needs me. Amen. I don't care what you think. I don't care how much you think. I've got to go to Samaria because somebody in Samaria needs me. Needs me. Can, can I use my imagination a little bit? For some reason or the other, I think the Lord looked over to his angels this afternoon. It says, angels, I got to go to Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. Why, Lord? Why do you have to go to Calvary today? Because there's some people there that needs me today. There's some people that needs me. Somebody needs a healing today. Somebody needs a miracle today. Somebody needs deliverance. Somebody needs a Holy Ghost. I must needs go by Samaria. I must needs go by Calvary today. 
because somebody's needing me at Calvary today. Somebody came to this church needing a miracle. Oh, somebody needs me. I said, somebody needs me. I promise you, if you would ever realize you have a need, your need will propel you to do something. God rewards effort. I said, God rewards effort. Just because you showed up don't mean he's going to do anything. Amen. Just because you showed up don't mean God's going to show out. Because he says, I'm waiting on you. Somebody says, I'm waiting on God. Uh, here I am, Lord. I come to church today. I need my healing. Or I need a financial miracle, God. I'm going through a storm right now, God. I need you. But he, you just sit there and you do nothing. I want to tell you, God rewards effort. Amen. Some, some, Bob, somebody says, I'm waiting on God. No, 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 no. God is waiting on you. He's already went to Calvary. He's already shed his blood for you. He's already purchased your salvation. His stripes have already been laid on his back for your healing. It's your move. It's your move. It's your move. Don't just sit there. If you need something from God, you need to make a move. Hallelujah. Uh, I went to church, but I didn't get anything. Really, you didn't get anything because you did nothing. Amen. God is waiting on you. The Bible as I draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. <laughs> but if you take one step toward God, he'll take two steps toward you. You can't just, if you got a need, it's your move. It's your move. <laughs> Everybody that needs a miracle, I want you to come on right now. Everybody needs healing, I want you to come on right now. You need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come on right now. Amen. That's right. Brother, you've got to do something. God's waiting on you to reach out to him. God's waiting on you to do something. Hallelujah. I want every minister in this church to come up here and help us pray. Every minister, every minister, I want you to come up here and help us pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I need you, God. I need you, Lord. Come on. He's attracted to your needs. He wants to do something to you today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God's waiting on your response. I said God's waiting on your response. Hallelujah. You got to admit that you have a problem and a need today. I need a miracle, Lord.